Chapter Twenty Four of Fairy Stories My Children Love Best of All. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria de Fatima da Silva. Fairy Stories My Children Love Best of All by Edgar Dubbs Scheimer. The Flying Trunk. There was once a merchant who was very rich. His son inherited his wealth and lived a merry life with it. In this manner he soon lost all his money. At last he had nothing left but a pair of slippers, an old dressing gown and four shillings. Now all his companions deserted him. They would not walk with him in the streets, but one of them, who was very good-natured, sent him an old trunk with this message pack up yes he said it is all very well to say pack up but i have nothing left to pack therefore he seated himself in the trunk it was a very wonderful trunk no sooner did any one press on the lock than the trunk began to fly he shut the lid and pressed the lock when away flew the trunk up the chimney with the merchant's son in it, right up into the clouds. Whenever the bottom of the trunk creaked, he was in a great fright, for if the trunk had broken into pieces, he would have had a bad fall. However, he got safely to the land of Turkey. He hid the trunk in a wood under some dry leaves, and then went into a town nearby. This he could do very well, for the Turks always go about dressed in gowns and slippers as he was himself he happened to meet a nurse with a little child i say cried he what castle is that near the town with the windows placed so high the king's daughter lives there she replied it has been prophesied that she will be very unhappy about a lover therefore no one is allowed to visit her unless the king and the queen are present thank you said the merchant's son so he went back to the wood seated himself in his trunk flew up to the roof of the castle and crept through the window into the room where the princess lay on the sofa asleep she awoke and was very much frightened but he told her he was a turkish angel who had come down through the air to see her this pleased her very much he sat down by her side and talked to her. He told her delightful stories, and when he asked her if she would marry him, she consented immediately. But you must come on Saturday, she said, for then the king and the queen will take tea with me. They will be very proud when they find that I am going to marry a Turkish angel. You must think of some very pretty stories to tell them for my parents like to hear stories. My mother prefers one that is deep and moral, but my father likes something funny to make him laugh. Very well, he replied, I shall bring you no other marriage portion than a story, and so they parted. But the princess gave him a sword studded with gold coins, and these he could use. Then he flew away to the town and bought a new dressing gown. Afterward he returned to the wood where he composed a story so as to be ready by Saturday.
when he went to see the princess on saturday the king and the queen and the whole court were at tea with her he was received with great politeness will you tell us a story asked the queen one that is instructive and full of learning yes but with something in it to laugh at said the king certainly he replied there was once a bundle of matches proud of their high descent the tree from which they had been cut was a large old pine tree in a great forest the matches now lay between a tinder box and an old iron saucepan and were talking about their youthful days ah then we grew on green boughs and were as green as they every morning and evening we were fed with diamond drops of dew whenever the sun shone we felt his warm rays and the little birds would relate stories to us as they sang we knew that we were rich for the other trees wore their green dresses only in summer but our family were in green summer and winter the woodcutter came and all of us fell under his axe the head of the house is now a mainmast in a very fine ship and can sail round the world when he will other trees were taken to different places but our tree was split up and all we have to do now is to kindle a light for common people in a kitchen my life has been very different said the iron pot which stood by the matches from my entrance into the world i have been used to cooking and scouring i am the first in this house when anything solid or useful is required my only pleasure is to be made clean and shining after dinner and to sit in my place and have a little sensible talk with my neighbors all of us excepting the water bucket which is sometimes taken into the courtyard live here together within these four walls we get our news from the market basket but he sometimes tells us very unpleasant things about people one day an old pot was so alarmed that he fell down and was broken in pieces you are talking too much said the tinder box and the steel struck against the flint till some sparks flew out crying we want a merry evening don't we yes of course said the matches let us talk about those who are the highest born no i don't like to be always talking of what we are remarked the saucepan let us think of some other amusement i will begin we will tell something that has happened to ourselves that will be very easy and interesting as well on the baltic sea near the danish shore what a pretty beginning said the plates we shall all like that story i am sure yes well in my youth i lived in a quiet family where the furniture was polished the floors were scoured and clean curtains put up every fortnight what an interesting way you have of relating a story said the carpet broom it is easy to see that you have been a great deal in society something so pure runs through what you say that is quite true said the water bucket and he made a spring with joy and splashed some water on the floor then the saucepan went on with his story and the end was as good as the beginning the plates rattled with pleasure and the carpet broom brought some green parsley out of the dust hole 
and crowned the saucepan. He knew it would vex the others, but he thought, if I crown him today, he will crown me tomorrow. Now let us have a dance, said the fire tongs, and then how they danced and stuck up one leg in the air. The chair cushion in the corner burst with laughter when she saw it. Shall I be crowned now? asked the fire tongs. So the broom found another wreath for the tongs. They are only common people, after all, thought the matches. The tea urn was now asked to sing, but she said she had a cold and could not sing without boiling heat. They all thought she did not wish to sing except in the parlour with the grand people. In the window sat an old quill pen, with which the maid generally wrote. There was nothing remarkable about the pen, except that it had been dipped too deeply in the ink, but it was proud of that. If the tea urn won't sing, said the pen, she can leave it alone. There is a nightingale in a cage who can sing. I think it highly improper, said the tea kettle, who was kitchen singer and half-brother to the tea urn, that a rich foreign bird should be listened to here. Is it patriotic? Let the market basket decide what is right. I certainly am vexed, said the basket. Are we spending the evening properly? Would it not be more sensible to put the house in order? If each were in his own place, I would lead a game. That would be quite another thing. Let us act a play, said they all. At the same moment, the door opened and the maid came in. Then not one stirred. They all remained quite still. Yet, at the same time, there was not a single pot among them who had not a high opinion of himself and of what he could do if he chose. Yes, if we had chosen, they each thought. We might have spent a very pleasant evening. The maid took the matches and lighted them. Dear me, how they sputtered and blazed up. Now then, they thought. Everyone will see that we are the first, how we shine, what a light we give. Even while they spoke, their light went out. That was the end of the story. What a capital story, said the queen. I feel as if I were really in the kitchen and could see the matches. Yes, you shall marry our daughter. Certainly, said the king. You shall have our daughter. The wedding day was fixed, and on the evening before the whole city was illuminated. Cakes and sweetmeats were thrown among the people. The street boys stood on tiptoe and shouted, Hurrah! and whistled between their fingers. Altogether it was a very splendid affair. I will give them another treat, said the merchant's son. So he went and bought rockets and crackers and all sorts of fireworks. These he packed in his trunk and flew up with them into the air. What a whizzing and popping they made as they went off. When the Turks saw the sight, they jumped up so high that their slippers flew about their ears. After this, it was easy to believe that the princess was really going to marry a Turkish angel. As soon as the merchant's son had come down into the wood after his display of fireworks, he thought, I will go back into the town now and hear what they think of the entertainment. It was very natural that he should wish to know. 
and what strange things people did say, to be sure. Everyone whom he questioned had a different tale to tell, though they all thought it very beautiful. I saw the Turkish angel myself, said one. He had eyes like glittering stars and a head like foaming water. He flew in a mantle of fire, said another, and lovely little cherubs peeped out from the folds. He heard many more fine things about himself, and that the next day he was to be married. After this he went back to the forest to rest himself in his trunk. It had disappeared. A spark from the fireworks which remained had set it on fire. It was burned to ashes. So the merchant's son could not fly any more, nor go to meet his bride. She stood all day on the roof waiting for him. Most likely she is waiting there still, while he wanders through the world telling fairy tales. End of chapter 24